Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson podcast on justthenews.com. I hope you'll check out all of the Just the News podcasts. You can go to justthenews.com and see the list of them on the homepage. For the best, clearest explanation as to what's going on in the outrageous world of news and social media with censorship, bullying, manipulation, and control, please check out my book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. Today, important information in this podcast about what scientists are learning regarding people who've had coronavirus and get the vaccine, and also the frail who get the vaccine. Before we get into the important discussion about some emerging science regarding people getting the COVID vaccine, a few overview notes. There are some wonderful scientists who work at CDC, the Centers for Disease Control. Some of them have been my sources. But there are also some people there who have proven to provide, even very recently, false and misleading information on very important health issues. The best guidance I can give when it comes to COVID or vaccines or any public health issue is to read up on what CDC says, consider their guidance, but keep in mind that sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes they're wrong accidentally. Sometimes they're giving disinformation intentionally. So do your homework. Check out a variety of studies and scientific views. Now, I understand that's harder as propagandists and those who want to control our information make it harder. If a study or a scientist is off narrative of powerful interest, you might not find it on Google. Or the so-called fact checks will falsely call it debunked. In a way, that's kind of become a signal that should cause you to seek out the information all the more when someone's trying to censor it. Now, it doesn't mean it's necessarily true, but certainly many times I've found that the most censored and controversialized information is accurate, and what's being called accurate is actually false or only part of the story. Another overview thought is that I am certainly not giving advice on coronavirus vaccine and what a particular person should or shouldn't do. I'm going to tell you about what scientific studies and scientists are saying about some of these issues, but it's a very individual calculation, according to scientists, as to who may benefit the most, who should be seeking the vaccines, particularly at a time when there are shortages. In other words, the priority should be given, according to scientists, to those who really need it the most or allegedly need it the most. And there are a lot of individual calculations about your health and your circumstance and your risk. And that's part of what we're getting at today in this podcast with some new information that I have. At least I think it'll be new to most of you. So I started by looking through the adverse event reports in a database called VAERS. It's a federal database where adverse events or side effects or injuries or illnesses that occur after someone gets a vaccine are supposed to be reported. VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. You can check it out yourself. Just go to VAERS, V-A-E-R-S, dot H-H-S, dot gov. That's VAERS, dot H-H-S, dot gov. It takes a little bit of a trick to figure out how to search this database for information, but it's possible to do so, and that's what I did. Let me back up a minute and say that this is the place where 
if there is any sort of illness somebody has after vaccination, then a medical professional that's aware of it or the patient, him or herself, can report it and should report it to this system, the VAERS Adverse Event Reporting System. Now, scientists say only a small fraction of actual adverse events are reported because most people don't know about VAERS. And you may have an adverse event, and your doctor, your medical professional may not file it or may not even know that you had it. So this is just a way to look for patterns. It doesn't try to capture all adverse events. And conversely, just because something is reported to the VAERS adverse event database doesn't mean the vaccine caused the illness or the injury. The reason the reports are supposed to come in is that scientists should be able to look at the information and note patterns that were previously undiscovered. In other words, if they see that there's a particular illness that's happening quite often in certain people after a certain vaccine, even though it never came up in studies, when the vaccine's used in the general population, they may be able to say, wow, this is something that should be added to the warning, or this may be an adverse event that's connected to the vaccine. But again, just because it's in the database doesn't mean it's connected. It's just a place where scientists can go to look for hints. So you would think that the way it works is somebody is combing through this data in real time. Somebody with, in the case of vaccines, the Centers for Disease Control is looking through, and they do say they're monitoring it. But I found out some years ago when I was looking through reports um, that I detected patterns before they were publicly detected by the FDA in the case of adverse events reported after medicine to a similar system. And it was the drug called Viagra. And going through the Viagra reports, one by one, sorting through them, I saw that there were so many links to, or apparent or alleged links to blindness. And it turns out there was a particular form of blindness in particular that was happening to men who'd been taking Viagra. And this was detected, by the way, not by the people who prescribe Viagra typically, but by an eye doctor who was seeing a lot of men with a rare eye problem, at least used to be rare, and he was wondering why more and more men were showing up with this particular form of blindness. And when he did a little inquiry, he found that they were all on Viagra. And that was the beginning of him doing a study that flagged Viagra as a problem that could cause blindness. But I had already seen in these adverse events reports that there seemed to be a pattern with blindness, also, by the way, hearing loss. That wasn't on the warning label at the time. And I ultimately broke the story internationally that a warning label was to be added and has subsequently been added to Viagra, warning about these potential issues of blindness. So I still look through the adverse event database from time to time when I'm working on a story just to see what's there. Are there patterns that it's hard to believe maybe scientists haven't picked up on yet that you or I could be first to find, but... Like I said, that happened before, so it's worth poking around. So I was looking at the adverse event database for coronavirus vaccination just to see if there were any patterns there. And I found a couple of things. First of all, there were two small clusters of deaths after COVID-19 vaccination reported among nursing homes in Kentucky and Arkansas. Looks like maybe one nursing home in Kentucky and one nursing home in Arkansas that had multiple 
deaths after vaccination. It's hard to tell from the reports because they don't contain that level of detail, at least what you can access publicly. But in Kentucky, I found four seniors were reported to have died the same day of their COVID vaccination. Four seniors at a nursing home were reported to have died the same day of their COVID vaccination, December 30th, 2020. But there was something even more interesting to me when I looked at these reports or the summaries. Three of the four who passed away had reportedly already had coronavirus prior to getting vaccinated. And as I continued going through the reports, I also noticed the cluster in Arkansas where four seniors died at a long-term care facility all about a week after their vaccination. By the way, in Kentucky, it was the Pfizer vaccination and Arkansas, it was the Moderna vaccination. But in Arkansas, all four of the seniors who died all tested positive for COVID-19 after infection. So again, these were all deaths reported in the federal database called VAERS. And as I mentioned, deaths that occur after vaccination don't necessarily mean the vaccine is to blame. It's just a signal to be looked at in case. And of those receiving coronavirus vaccines, many, as you know, are elderly and frail. These are the people that are recommended or considered priorities for getting the vaccine. And many are already suffering from serious and chronic illnesses. Well, that makes it difficult to know whether if they died after vaccination, it was just a coincidence, or if it could be something, a condition they had exacerbated by the vaccine or caused by the vaccine. So these are difficult questions. But according to the VAERS reports in Kentucky, those deaths occurred after, as I mentioned, the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine The cases were an 88-year-old woman who was said to be 14 days post-COVID. In other words, 14 days past either the recovery of coronavirus or her coronavirus test. And she was given the Pfizer-BioNTech shot while, this is kind of strange, she was given the shot, it says, while she was unresponsive in her room. In other words, She was so sick or something was wrong with her to such a degree she was unresponsive, but they administered the vaccine and she died within an hour and a half. Another case in Kentucky at the nursing home was an 88-year-old woman, likewise, who was said to be 15 days post-COVID. She got the shot, according to the report, was monitored for 15 minutes afterwards and passed away within an hour and a half. A third report, again, we're still talking about the Kentucky nursing home, says an 88-year-old woman vaccinated on the same day who was 14 days post-COVID, vomited four minutes after receiving her shot, became short of breath, and passed away that night. And then the fourth case in this cluster reported was an 85-year-old woman, same vaccination, same day at 5 p.m., and was found unresponsive less than two hours later and died shortly after. Well, what does this tell us? Perhaps nothing, but it certainly raises some questions to look at. And I asked CDC about the Kentucky cluster and a spokesman responded by saying that its experts noted, quote, no pattern among the Kentucky cases that would indicate a concern for the safety of the COVID-19 vaccine. Now scientists differ, this is one of the questions raised, differ on whether people who've had coronavirus, like these Kentucky patients who died, 
should even get the COVID-19 vaccination at all. The CDC insists it is safe for people who have recovered from COVID-19 to get vaccinated. And the CDC said when I asked if there's no minimum interval recommended between infection and vaccination, I was saying when I asked the question, should people wait a certain period of time after their total recovery before they get vaccinated or is it unsafe in some respect if they get vaccinated while they're still close to having been infected? And CDC simply said vaccination should be offered to persons regardless of history of prior symptomatic or asymptomatic SARS-CoV-2, which is COVID-19. But other scientists say, and it's worth noting, that vaccinating people who are already considered immune because they've had a natural COVID-19 infection, other scientists say that wastes valuable doses of vaccines while there are shortages. And neither Pfizer's nor Moderna's studies showed any benefit to vaccinating previously infected patients. So if that's the case, and by the way, there, there may be a benefit shown down the road to giving someone who's had COVID-19 a vaccine for COVID-19, but the point is that none of the studies to date before approval of these vaccines for emergency use showed any effectiveness in that population. So you're giving some people a vaccine for which there's no proven benefit for them, which takes a dose from theoretically somebody else who may need it, and you're exposing those people for which there's no proven benefit to the risks of side effects without a benefit. So the risk-benefit ratio or consideration is different for those people. The Kentucky patients were vaccinated, in fact, the ones who'd had COVID, shortly after the CDC disseminated false information on this point. And maybe you listened to my recent podcast where I played audio tapes of phone calls between CDC scientists and officials and Congressman Thomas Massey, who caught them in a big piece of disinformation, falsely claiming that studies showed a benefit for people who'd previously had coronavirus to get the vaccine, and that's not true. And they continue to perpetuate that false information even after it was flagged and claimed initially they had just, they and their 15 scientists somehow missed this and made this mistake, but then persisted in distributing it anyway And I think probably a lot of doctors, because CDC gave this false information in a webinar for medical professionals, a lot of doctors and clinicians probably think there has been a proven benefit to giving the coronavirus vaccine to people who've already had COVID-19 when there's not. And as always, I'll make a caveat. And if I ever forget, I still think this is probably obvious. Things could change from the time I record this podcast. A new study comes out or the status of the scientific understanding of these things could change. So as I'm speaking about these things, I'm speaking about as of the time I'm recording it. Anyway, the disinformation that CDC gave out on the point that we're talking about, whether vaccines were proven in studies effective for people who had already had COVID-19, was given on the CDC website. It was put in the CDC's morbidity and mortality weekly report. They call it MMWR. And in that webinar instruction to medical professionals. In the webinar instruction, CDC's Dr. Sarah Oliver falsely stated, quote, data from both clinical trials suggests that people with prior infection 
are still likely to benefit from vaccination. That's simply not true. And they've admitted that's not true at CDC, while at the same time telling people that it is. Again, under pressure from Congressman Massey, who first flagged the incorrect information in December, the CDC recently issued a correction, but used this confusing wording that still falsely implies studies showed the vaccines helped people previously infected with COVID-19. Well, it's worth going over all of that. You'll see in a moment why, because that comes into play with the kind of people that the vaccine is being given to and recommended for and the potential for side effects. Preliminary results from a study co-authored by a team of more than two dozen researchers noted that people infected with COVID-19 in the past, quote, experienced systemic side effects with a significantly higher frequency after vaccination than others. So what they're saying is that they noticed people who've already had coronavirus, when they get these RNA vaccines, as they're, as they're called, whether Moderna or Pfizer, they are, according to this study, getting significantly higher frequency of systemic side effects from the vaccine. Something about them already having been infected seems to react worse than people who haven't already been infected when they get the shots. So I asked CDC about that, and the CDC confirmed that it's monitoring reports that people who've already had COVID-19 seem to be suffering significantly more frequent or more severe reactions after vaccination. That's called reactogenicity. You can look that up, reactogenicity, R-E-A-C-T-O-G-E-N-I-C-I-T-Y, reactogenicity. That was a new one to me. I had to look up that, but that just means from what I can tell as a layperson, reactogenicity is the reaction some people have after they get that immune challenge from a vaccine, the side effects, such as fever, chills, and muscle aches. So CDC said, quote, CDC is aware of reports of increased reactogenicity in persons who have had COVID-19 when they get the shot. Okay, to summarize, there are reports of people having more side effects or more frequently having these certain kinds of side effects after vaccination if they've already had coronavirus. And three of the four seniors in Kentucky that I spoke about who all died the same day of their vaccination, three of the four had already had coronavirus. Did any of this play a role in their deaths? These people typically had chronic illnesses, were very sick. It makes it hard to know if there's a link, but by the same token, according to scientists, a link cannot be ruled out. So let's go to the Arkansas cluster of deaths that I found. Four nursing home deaths in Arkansas occurred after vaccination with the Moderna-manufactured vaccine. All four patients, this is strange, tested positive for COVID-19 after vaccination, according to the VAERS reports. So again, four deaths at a nursing home in Arkansas within about a week of their vaccination and all of four patients who died tested positive for COVID after vaccination. And there's no indication as to whether they had coronavirus at the time of their vaccination or acquired it after the shot. It's unclear about when that happened. A 65-year-old man in one of the cases who received the Moderna vaccine on January 2nd died two days later 
with the VAERS report noting that he had COVID-19. Three other Arkansas seniors, they all had their shot the same day, December 22nd, and they all died about a week afterwards. The person who reported the death of an 82-year-old man six days after his shot said he was vaccinated in an attempt to, quote, mitigate his risk and that, quote, this was unsuccessful and the patient died. The VAERS report noted, quote, after vaccination, patient tested positive for COVID-19. Then there were two elderly women in the Arkansas cluster, ages 90 and 78. They vaccinated on the same day as a 65-year-old man. They also tested positive for COVID-19 about a week after their shots and died. According to the unnamed person who reported the 90-year-old's death, quote, the vaccine did not have enough time to prevent COVID-19 and, quote, there is no evidence that the vaccination caused patient's death that simply didn't have time to save her life. Now, these sorts of editorial conclusions by somebody aren't really typically part of a VAERS report that I've seen. Someone's trying really hard to make sure nobody's blaming the vaccine. They don't really know because they, they're not the person searching for patterns and evidence, but they're trying to state up front as they report the death as required that couldn't have been caused by the vaccine. Maybe it wasn't. Anyway, the person who reported the 78-year-old's death in Arkansas again tried very hard not to point at the vaccine while reporting the death after vaccine, claiming she died, quote, as a result of COVID-19 and her underlying health conditions and not as a result of the vaccine, so they said. So when I asked about the Arkansas cluster, the CDC said, quote, surveillance data to date do not indicate excess deaths among elderly patients receiving COVID-19 vaccinations. Overall, said the agency, the number of deaths at long-term care facilities after COVID-19 vaccinations is no higher than one would expect to occur nationally. So looking at the numbers, according to CDC, they don't see a spike in deaths among people at nursing homes after COVID vaccination. In a moment after a short break, we are going to add something else to the equation, not just the fact that people who've already had COVID or who are getting COVID are being given the vaccine, but also the dynamic when a frail patient, as they say, gets the vaccine. Back in just a moment. We're back and continuing the discussion about what scientists are learning about people who are getting the coronavirus vaccine and adding to the question of whether people who've already had coronavirus are suffering more frequent or more severe adverse events when they get the vaccine. Adding to that equation is a question about frail patients, as they're called. Separately, the CDC is monitoring the impact of the vaccines on already frail patients, such as the chronically ill in nursing homes, which, again, those are the primary people who are being targeted or prioritized to get vaccines when there's a limited supply. But in Norway, alarm bells sounded when 23 people died shortly after vaccination pretty early on. And after investigating 13 of those deaths, Norway's medical agency concluded just in the last couple of weeks, that side effects that are common with the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines, such as fever, nausea, and diarrhea, quote, 
may have contributed to fatal outcomes in some of the frail patients. So here's a quote, and this seems to make common sense, from Steiner Madsen, the medical director of the Norwegian Medicines Agency. This person says, quote, There is a possibility that these common adverse reactions to the COVID vaccine that are not dangerous in fitter younger patients and are not unusual with vaccines may aggravate underlying disease in the elderly and contribute to the fatal outcomes in some of the frail patients. But a World Health Organization expert panel seems to disagree. They recently concluded that those deaths in Norway, quote, are in line with the expected all-cause mortality rates and causes of death in the subpopulation of frail elderly individuals, and the available information does not confirm a contributory role for the vaccine in the reported fatal events. I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking that there's almost nothing, it seems, that makes certain authorities at this stage say that a death after vaccine, after the coronavirus vaccine, might be linked to the vaccine. But when somebody dies of almost anything and has any kind of coronavirus in their recent history, even if they died, according to one coroner, of a gunshot wound, they're counted as a coronavirus death. Sort of like opposite ways. It's almost like if these public health officials want to count something, they find a way to count it. And if they don't want to count something, they find a way not to count it. At least that's what it looks like sort of to a layperson. The unanswered question I think that's important here is whether patients who are both frail and have already had COVID-19 might suffer a double whammy when vaccinated that puts them at greater risk. First, those with the previous COVID-19 infection, as we've discussed, might be more likely to suffer adverse events upon vaccination, according to scientific reports. And second, their frailty may make them less able to handle the adverse events, as Norway's medical agency found with some patients. And again, I will say that the World Health Organization and others have differed. At least they've said there's no evidence that that's the case now. In the United States, though, I kept looking through other VAERS reports and found numerous other cases of elderly, frail people who'd had COVID-19, got vaccinated, and died. Again, these cases could just be coincidence, but because all of this is so new, that can't just be a conclusion that people start out with and don't investigate further. There was a 96-year-old Ohio woman I found who tested positive for COVID-19 in November, got the Pfizer vaccine December 28th in a rehab facility. She was there after she had a fall, and she died that afternoon that she got the vaccine. So again, she had a fall, was put in a rehab facility, got the Pfizer vaccine in the rehab facility, and died that afternoon. A 94-year-old Michigan man at a senior living facility had COVID-19 and other illnesses and got the Moderna vaccine on January 2nd, died of cardiac arrest two days later. 91-year-old Michigan woman with Alzheimer's and other illnesses at a senior living facility who tested positive for COVID-19, received the Moderna vaccine anyway on December 30th, and she died four days later. An 85-year-old California woman with Alzheimer's and other disorders 
at a senior living facility received the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine on January 5th and was found dead the same day. And by the way, after her vaccination, an earlier COVID-19 test from some days before returned positive, although she hadn't had symptoms. So she apparently got her vaccine while she was infected with coronavirus and died the same day of the vaccine. In other cases, there were frail patients like some of the ones in Arkansas who tested positive for COVID-19 shortly after vaccination and died. There was a 104-year-old woman in New York who got the Pfizer vaccine December 30th, and the next day, a COVID test was done and came back positive. She became ill the day after that and died on January 4th. That was four or five days later after the vaccine. And a 71-year-old New York man received the Moderna vaccine December 21st, developed a fever and respiratory distress, and tested positive for COVID-19, was given remdesivir, and died after six days. A World Health Organization Vaccine Safety Subcommittee is looking at all of this, as are scientists here in the United States, and they reviewed reports of deaths among the frail elderly after the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, and the members determined in a report about two weeks ago that there's no cause for concern. The panel said, quote, the benefit-risk balance of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine remains favorable in the elderly and does not suggest any revision at present to the recommendations around the safety of this vaccine. So what else is being said about these questions that are raised? Well, I'll tell you, I spoke to several scientists who work on coronavirus and vaccine issues, and they are all pro-vaccine or supportive of the vaccine for the right people in the right circumstances. And they were very concerned about this information and said it should not be dismissed and must be investigated thoroughly and not brushed off. In fact, one scientist, when I showed him the Kentucky and Arkansas information, said this should be published in an international scientific journal. This is very important. So what have Pfizer, Moderna, and what else has CDC said? In response to questions about all of this, Pfizer issued a statement saying, quote, we take adverse events that are potentially associated with our COVID-19 vaccine very seriously. We closely monitor all such events and collect relevant information to share with global regulatory authorities. Based on ongoing safety reviews performed by Pfizer, BioNTech, and health authorities, their vaccine, they say, retains a positive benefit-risk profile for the prevention of COVID-19 infections. Pfizer pointed out that millions of people had been vaccinated and, quote, serious adverse events including deaths that are unrelated to the vaccine, are unfortunately likely to occur at a similar rate as they would in the general population. Now, what did Pfizer not answer of the questions that I asked? Well, they didn't answer whether the company has concluded that any deaths might be linked to vaccination. For example, there was the death of the medical doctor down in Florida that Uh, Quite a few people expressed an opinion about, medical opinion about saying that that was linked to vaccination. Pfizer would not answer whether it's concluded any deaths that have occurred might be linked to its vaccine. It also wouldn't answer whether it has looked at any clusters of deaths 
like the ones I've mentioned today, or whether it has noted any patterns or areas of concern. And the company wouldn't say whether it recommends that those recently or currently infected with COVID-19 get vaccinated. So that's sort of an unanswered question from them. Although CDC did have something to say about that, and CDC works with these vaccine makers on policy. So more on that in just a moment. What did the maker of the other vaccine that's approved in the United States right now say? Moderna. Moderna did not answer any of the questions or respond to the request that I made for information or comment. Now, currently, the CDC recommends vaccination for people who've already had coronavirus. And CDC did not directly answer the question of whether it's safe for people to get vaccinated while they have an active COVID-19 infection, although they have recommended people not get a test before vaccination, um, which seems to be contrary to the notion that we've heard for the past year that it seems like public health officials want people to be tested all the time, but they don't recommend a test before getting the COVID vaccine. Although a CDC spokesman said that deferring vaccination, putting it off for a time, is recommended in instances when people have an active infection, but they didn't say if that was due to a safety issue. My question was, is there some sort of safety problem if someone had an active infection and maybe didn't know it, maybe had an asymptomatic case, as they call it, and they may suffer some more serious risk of adverse events? You know, is this an issue? Well, they didn't say. They just said, defer the vaccination if you know you have an active infection, but don't get tested for it or there's no need to test for it. Um, The quote was, vaccination of persons with known current SARS-CoV-2 infection should be deferred until the person has recovered from the acute illness if the person had symptoms and criteria have been met for them to discontinue isolation. It's almost implying they're saying, wait to get the vaccine because you should be isolated if you have an infection, but not addressing, in fact, sort of skirting the question I asked, which is, is it unsafe to get the vaccine if you have an active infection? And CDC goes on to say, this recommendation applies to persons who develop SARS-CoV-2 infection before receiving any vaccine doses, as well as those who develop SARS-CoV-2 infection after the first dose, but before receipt of the second dose. In other words, they're saying defer or wait, although again, they don't give a time frame of how long somebody ought to wait. So I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of scientists are looking at them around the world, not just the World Health Organization, but specific countries. And there are scientists in this country, uh, FDA and CDC are working together to monitor the reports that come in through the VAERS system that I've talked about, but they also have a very active surveillance going on with some direct contact with people after vaccination to see if they can pick up other potential adverse events or reactions. So I think we'll be learning a lot more. Just keep your ear to the ground. And if you want to read more about what I've talked about, there's an article I published in Epoch Times or Epic Times spelled E-P-O-C-H, and it's titled Deaths of Elderly Who Recovered from COVID-19 But Died After Vaccine Raise Questions. Again, it's called Deaths of Elderly Who Recovered from COVID-19 But Died After Vaccine 
raise questions. I hope this information is helpful and you can factor it in along with reading the information from CDC, the World Health Organization, the studies that you can find, consulting your own doctor and considering your own individual situation because as CDC and other scientists say, the calculus isn't the same for everybody as to who's going to benefit the most from vaccination, who should be first in line to get it when there's a limited number. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Check out justthenews.com and don't forget to subscribe to the Cheryl Ackeson podcast. Leave a great review, pass it along to your friends, and check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, which is based on my Sunday TV program, Full Measure. You can also listen to all of the Just the News podcasts wherever you like to listen. And check out my book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. You can read the reviews about Slanted on Amazon, and I think that might help convince you that there's information here that's valuable that you need. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.